All right, well, let's dive in here. If you don't have a Bible, raise your hand. We'd love to put one in your hands. This would be our gift to you. And while our ushers are doing that, let me just invite you to be a part of our Welcome to All People's Lunch for our special guests. If you've never been to one, we want to encourage you to come. I'd love to personally meet you with some of our other pastors. It's less than an hour. It's one of the only free lunches in town, and we're going to have a great time. So come and join us. So anyone know what series we're in? The Parting God. And so a little recap from last week. If you missed it, I want to encourage you to get on a the app and and listen to it because it's a very important teaching. My sermon last week was entitled Party or Die. And I was unpacking this truth that I believe is paramount to your success in the kingdom. And that is that God is the ultimate party thrower. And in fact, our adversary, the devil, he likes to throw parties, but they're always cheap imitations. Right? The devil can't think of anything new himself, so he always just takes what God's doing and tries to throw in some synthetic copycat imitations. And so anytime you find something exciting on this earth, what you can know is that God has something in a true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy form for you to enjoy. So this week, the, the, the title of the sermon is God's Parting People. So if you're taking notes, God's parting people, and we're going to jump in with it. You guys ready? So I I want to unpack a scripture for you that I had never seen before I started studying this, and it has to do with tithing, believe it or not. Tithing is simply giving your 10% to the Lord, and a lot of you guys are familiar with this if you've been to a church before. Abel and Cain were kind of the first ones to bring this about in Genesis chapter 4. They brought their first fruits to the Lord. Uh, Abel brought the first fruits of his flock, Cain the first fruits of his vegetables. Then in Genesis chapter 14, Abraham kind of institutes this as our, as our forefather. And after he won this military victory, he brings 10% of all his earnings, gives it to Melchizedek, who's the, the priest of Salem. And then God starts putting this as an ordinance in his commands. We see that in Leviticus 27. He's saying, okay, now one of my commands is to bring 10%, your first fruits, bring it to the house of the Lord. It's going to take care of the Levites. They're the people that don't work jobs in the marketplace because they're all about taking care of the people of God. And then they're going to also distribute that to the orphans and the widows. And you guys know this teaching, right? But I want you to look at another verse that mentions the tithe because it's very different and that's found in Deuteronomy 14:22. So Old Testament books Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, fifth book of the Bible. Turn with me to Deuteronomy 14:22. Listen to what it says. Be sure to set aside a tenth of all that your fields produce each year. Eat the tithe of your grain new wine and olive oil and the firstborn of your herds and flocks in the presence of the Lord at the place he will choose as the dwelling for his name so that you may learn to revere the Lord your God always. God's saying this, I want you to have a feast 
so that you can remember to revere me. Now, I want to tell you, I don't just preach these sermons, but when I'm studying these scriptures and discovering new truths, I try to put them to practice in my life. So we start every week the same at All People's Church staff. We come together 8.30 on Monday mornings. We have a staff meeting. And usually what it looks like is some worship, some intercession. Then I'll share a little message from what God's speaking to us that week. And then we'll go and talk about our strategy, divvy up the work, and then roll up our sleeves and and jump in. I was spending a little time with the Lord before I came to staff meeting. And I felt like God said, Robert, it's time to change it up. And, And I remembered a verse that we highlighted last week from Luke chapter 15. Where it says about the father, but we had to celebrate and be glad. You guys remember that verse? We talked about last week, what's something that God said he has to do? You know, we think about, well, I have to do my chores or I have to brush my teeth. And God says, one one thing I have to do is I have to celebrate. And so I called Jonathan on the phone. I said, man, we got to switch staff meeting. Let's put staff meeting at one of the most glorious places in all of San Diego, Santana's burrito shop. And... um, Now, I want to tell you, it's second to Los Primos restaurant owned by uh, Raymond and Melissa Alvarez. So that is the most glorious burrito shop in all of San Diego. But Santana's is nice. And so because what we wanted to do was go and enjoy one of God's most precious creations. And that is the breakfast burrito. And so... So we said, okay, breakfast burritos on the house for all the staff. We got around the table and we said, guys, this is the verse that we're looking at today, but we had to celebrate and be glad. And there's some times where you just got to pause and celebrate. And last Monday was one of them because we had all fasted. We had all prayed. We had all worked so hard to have our first Sunday of two services, right? And I'm still, I'm blown away looking at the second service. We already had a great first service, but our second service, this is awesome. And, and, and so we said, let's go around the table and say what we're encouraged about. So one person goes, man, I was encouraged that we had over a hundred people volunteering on a Sunday morning with such glad and sincere hearts. We got a church that serves. And so we're all, woohoo, we're all excited about that. Then someone said, man, I'm excited that we have double the amount of salvations because we have two, two church services. Someone said, man, I, I was just loving after we preached on the parting God that so many people were filled with joy and people were coming down front just crying as they were reconnecting with the Lord. One person said, you know, I'm blown away. We started this church with zero people. And last week we had over 840 people in this house. Just blown, blown away by, by what God's doing. And then we, we, we all went around sharing these different things of how we were so encouraged. And then we said, now let's just celebrate Sierra. Sierra has been on our staff for several, several years. It's been her dream to go overseas as a missionary. And, and for a long time, she thought that dream had died just because of, of some challenges in her life. And now we're sending her out this week. And so we said, let's just celebrate Sierra. So we went around the circle, just calling out the gold in Sierra. I love this about Sierra. We love this about, she brings so much joy. She brings so much happiness. By the end, man, we were all just bubbling over with happiness. It's a, it was a great morning. And I want to tell you that, that sometimes you just have to push pause and celebrate. You know, there's always more work to do. There's always constructive criticism that we can bring. But I want to tell you, the heart of God is that we would stop at times and celebrate. And that's what we're learning in this series. Amen? 
Because when we celebrate, the Bible says that we remember to revere the Lord. Let's keep unpacking the scripture. It says this, verse 24, but if a place is too distant and you've been blessed by the Lord your God and cannot carry your tithe because the place where the Lord will choose to put his name is so far away, then exchange your tithe for silver and take the silver with you and go to the place the Lord your God will choose. Use the silver to buy whatever you like. What? Cattle, sheep, wine, or other fermented drink. This is challenging for me growing up as a Baptist that God is saying to do this. Or anything you wish. Then you and your household shall eat there in the presence of the Lord your God and rejoice. What's God saying? He's saying, I actually want you to set aside a percentage of your income to buy whatever you wish so that you can party. Hello. Have you seen this before? Okay, I think that a lot more people are about to start coming to Jesus in San Diego because of this verse right here. Because God is actually saying, I want you to set aside a portion and whatever you wish. You know, if your deal is filet mignon, then buy some cows. And if your deal is some euros and some little lamb cutlets, then buy the lamb. And, and, and go ahead and get the wine. And I want you to sit down with your whole household. And I want you to eat my presence and rejoice. I want to tell you, people of God, that the Lord is serious about us learning to party. I, I don't think you're getting it yet. I don't, I don't think you believe me yet. So let, let, let's keep going. Let, I think a lot of us don't believe this because our parents weren't deliberate about celebrating, right? Because here's, here's what we do. We so often will take the cues from our parents, what we saw in the house. And so, you know, maybe your parents were just like, it's all about hard work all the time. Or maybe your parents were lazier or maybe you didn't have parents that were in your household. Now, I want to tell you, my parents were very deliberate about celebrating and I'm very thankful for that. My mom, now we didn't have a bunch of money growing up, but my mom would invest money in decorations for the house. So any holiday that came around, we'd have decorations. We'd have, it, it'd become Thanksgiving and we'd have little turkeys everywhere around the house and little fall flowers and, and little pumpkins. And it wasn't just decorations, but it was also music. So she'd put on her festive music. I remember the, the record player. And at Christmas time, she'd always put on Chipmunk's Christmas. Christmas, Christmas. You know, this is a little, ah, Alvin. I can't do it very well. If you want to hear a good chipmunk impersonator, though, listen to Stephen Gully, our worship leader. He can do it. And so whenever Christmas comes around, I start craving chipmunks, right? Just, just different things about parties. My mom would always have, not to eat them, uh, to, <laughs> my, my mom would have decorations. She'd have music. She'd have these special meals for us. And, and I remember being off at college and, and kind of yearning to come home and to have the, you know, just a special holiday celebration. And my mom had this little plate. And at first I thought it was cheesy. It was this kind of little white plate that you could write on with an erasable marker, like a whiteboard. And she'd always say, you know, like, fall is here. Kick up your heels or stuff like this. I remember when I'd come home from college, it would be, yay, Robert is home. Time to celebrate. And then she'd have this special meal, like she'd prepare chili con queso and guacamole and homemade salsa and tamales. And I, I would, I would come home and just feel so celebrated. It was, it was so fun. 
God wants us to be good at celebrating. And and let me give you three reasons why here. I'm actually going to back it up here. Three reasons. Number one, why I, I believe that God wants us to learn to celebrate. Number one is this. Because God is a loving father. And he loves to party with his children. God is a loving father, and he he loves to celebrate with his children. I want to tell you, as a father of four, there's no time I like more in the day than when I come to the end of the day, I sit at the head of our table, and all my kids are gathered around me, right? And that's what we do. We celebrate. I, I always ask two questions every night at the dinner table. The first one is, did anything good happen to you today? So the kids go around and, and one kid says, you know, I got a better grade on my spelling test. And we go, yes. And one kid goes, I scored a goal at soccer. Yes, we celebrate with them. My kids are learning to celebrate together. The second question that we ask is, did anything funny happen today? Now that's always funny to hear a four-year-old or a six-year-old or eight-year-old talk about what happened funny and the jokes that they think are funny. But I want us to laugh together. And I want my kids to become good storytellers to make other people laugh. So, but that, that's why we do that. And it makes every evening a celebration. And I want to tell you, it fills my heart with love as a father to just sit there and be with my kids as we reflect on the good things that are happening. Secondly, secondly, number two, why God wants us to become a people of the party is that parties create community. You know, people are dying for community. And in the U.S. today, we, we, we live very dis, disconnected lives. You go into a coffee shop where you think it's all community and everyone has their iPhone little earbuds in and just, you know, looking down. We drive into our garages, boom, it shuts. We go behind our privacy fences and we have a very disconnected life. But parties bring us together. Uh, Acts two forty six says this, it says that every day they were meeting together in the temple courts. And it says they broke bread in their houses. And, and, and they were, let me, let me look at it, broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. You know, I think the early church's model was a party. That's a dinner party, right? The early church was just really good at dinner parties. That's, that's why we have meals in our life group so we can enjoy being together. There's nothing that builds community and breaks down walls like eating together. And so there was this acceptance. Now, I want to tell you, you're welcome to come and just enjoy Sunday mornings and enjoy the fun worship and hear some teaching. But if you really want to connect with God and to grow with community, I want to encourage you to jump into a life group. Because it's where you start enjoying and meeting the, the, the true heart of the body of Christ. Now, let me give you the third one. Number three is this. Parties draw people in. You ever notice that? Parties just kind of draw people like a big light and bugs, right? I was, I was on the beach on Friday and I just saw this big circle of people and they were kind of laughing and cheering and smiling. So I said, Hallie, I've got to go see what that is. I just, I just, I'm drawn to parties. So we walk over. Sure enough, it's this big wedding on the beach. And she started talking to me about what her wedding was going to be like. And I said, Hey, that's really nice. Yeah, we'll have that when you're 50. And, um, <laughs> there's my little daughter on the front row. We, uh, don't you forget it. And, uh, I, you know, I remember that was on Coronado. I, it reminded me of this experience I had on Coronado. I was, we had the chance to actually live on Coronado for a few months. Someone let us stay in their, in their home there. And, and so I was walking one night and I see these massive hanging light balls and I get closer and there's this 
huge buffet table. There's this open bar, these high top tables. Everyone's in their little Del Coronado, perfect little sundresses and, and, and drinking their little drinks with the umbrellas out, you know. And, I mean, it was a great Gatsby type of party. And, and I just find myself just kind of drawn closer. You know, I'm thinking, is there any way I can get into this party? Now, I knew that I shouldn't, especially because I'm a pastor, but I, 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 I just looked going, you lucky dogs. How, I mean, very few groups can throw a party like the Del Coronado Hotel, right? And so I'm just looking at this going, this is amazing. And, 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 and going, man, I am so jealous that you're at that huge party. Now, the crazy thing is just a few yards from that, within a very short time span, I had another experience. Now, many days I'd be walking on the beach and I'd run past uh, military personnel, soldiers that are doing their exercises or running, you know, kind of going up the beach. And I'd always think, well, that's a really nice place, you know, to do your exercises and your soldier training. Not this day. This day, these Navy guys were in their full fatigues. I mean, long sleeve shirts, hats, combat boots, but they were in an interesting place. They were two feet into the water and they were sitting down in sit-up stance. And it was the middle of winter and so the water is freezing and the water's coming up and rushing over them and there's a drill sergeant in their face screaming at them. And I'm like, I don't know what these guys did, but it was not good. They are getting punished. And this drill sergeant is just breathing fire. And these guys are having to do sit-ups. They're going under the water. The water's rushing over them. They're getting knocked down. When they get knocked down, they're getting screamed at more. And I had never been so happy to be free in my life. I walked by. <laughs> I kind of just, <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. <sighs> you know what I thought of is this. I think too many people in the world see Christianity like that. They say, you know, I don't want to be like those Christians because every time I see them, they look like they've been sucking on lemons. They just have this disgusted look on their face. And, and I, don't, I don't want to just be forced to do things I don't want. Those Christians, they're just forced to do things. And God must be just like this mean drill sergeant just yelling at them, just punishing them for all their sins. Because what do they hear? They hear us talking about all the bad things that are going on. And they hear talking about wrath and punishment. And now listen to me very clear, carefully. I'm not saying that all of life is a party. If you've lived any amount of time, you know that that's not true. And I, I'm not saying... That God doesn't bring a rightful judgment at times. But listen to me very carefully. The Bible says that it's his kindness that brings us to repentance. It's his kindness that brings us to repentance. And I believe that the world is dying to see joyful Christians. And they're wanting to hear about the things that are all over this Bible, which is the celebrations, the parties, and the feasts. And to be brought into God, to, to be brought into the Jesus that fed 5,000 people. They want to be brought into Jesus that forgives the woman caught in adultery. And that's how Jesus is drawing them. With his kindness, with his love, with his kingdom party. And then he'll say, come and die. But he starts with his love. Some of you got that. Listen to this. It's why we've crafted our church to feel like a party. 
That, it's why we have so many celebrations around here because we believe that the kingdom of God is a great big party. It's all over the Bible. That's why we're going to have this baptism bash and, and, and uh, church-wide picnic on September 29th. I, I want to encourage you all to be there. And, and here's why. Because it's a great big party. I remember growing up, I grew up in the church. Probably half of this room grew up in the church. For me, baptisms weren't a party. I was scared of baptisms. They put you in a big, long, white robe, right? And, and then you had to descend into this little tub, right? And, and then the pastor, I was just sure that, that... Now, this looks too happy. Can you take down the picture? You're, this is not what I was used to. You, you descend... That's a happy... Can you take down the pictures? Okay. So... All right. Don't make me come back there. Um... You go down to the pastor, and I was so afraid that the pastor was going to hold me underwater. Anybody had that fear? I've heard. I know some of you have had that fear that you're going to get held under the water by the pastor. Okay. Now, that's why we do baptisms like this, and we have a big picnic, and we have tons of free food. And the, my, my kids, I want my kids to not remember church is boring and stuffy. I want them to remember being with the church out in the fields by the bay, playing sports and, and the parents eating their fried chicken and, and playing cards and dominoes and everyone enjoying being together. And we get alongside the beach in, in America's finest city. Hallelujah. And, and, and we, and we walk out people and we dunk them down in the water and pull them up real fast. So they don't even get scared about being held underwater too long. And they pull up real fast and then we're screaming and we're celebrating because that is what a good birthday party's like, right? I don't want to go to a somber birthday party. I, I want to go where there's music and there's plenty of food and my friends are there. My family's there and there are games, right? And, and, and that's what baptism is, right? Baptism is celebrating your new birth. It's your spiritual birthday. So why not have a birthday party? And get really excited about it. Amen? Okay, so th that, that is why we do that. That's why the, our main outreach to this area, to the City Heights area, is our Halloween Harvest Fest. Because we say, let's take a night that the world tries to make dark. And let's have a holy, awesome party that's destroying any enemy's party by a long shot. And let's have them come in. And it's safe. And it's free. And it's fun. And then we tell you, we love you. And God does too. Guys, we, we've got to be a parting people. Now, listen to me. This isn't just a, a few random verses that I found. Look, look at these verses in Exodus. God commands his people to celebrate. God actually commands his people to celebrate. Ex, Exodus twelve fourteen says this. This is a day you're to commemorate for the generations to come. You shall celebrate. It is as a festival of the Lord, a lasting ordinance. Okay. The next one says this, celebrate the festival of unleavened bread because it was on this very day that I brought your divisions out of Egypt. Celebrate this day as a lasting ordinance for generations to come. Exodus twelve forty seven. it says this, the whole community of Israel must celebrate. celebrate. You see, so many of us feel like the Old Testament and the laws, you know, we just want to skip over that because God's just telling us all these things we have to do. Well, have you seen how many times in his laws he says to celebrate? This is awesome. Exodus 23, 14. Three times a year you are to a festival to me. Okay, Exodus 23, 15. Celebrate the festival of unleavened bread. Exodus 23, 16. Celebrate the festival of the harvest with the first fruits of the crops you sow in your field. Celebrate 
the festival of ingathering at the end of the year. When you gather in your crops from the fields, celebrate the festival of weeks with the first fruits of the wheat harvest. He wants us to celebrate. Now, now, in case you're not fully convinced that God's really into celebrating and saying, you know, Robert, yeah, maybe so. But I, I feel like you're just pulling some extraneous verses. Now, I want you to look at this one. Let's look at Leviticus 23, 29. This is, this is going to be really good. It says this. So beginning with the 15th day of the seventh month, after you have gathered the crops of the land... Celebrate the festival to the Lord for seven days. The first day is a day of Sabbath rest, and the eighth day also is a day of Sabbath. Now, now listen to me. We think a party is pretty long if it goes for three, four, five hours, right? Now imagine a party lasting all day. Okay. Now imagine a party lasting for seven days. Can you imagine going to your boss? Hey, boss, I need next week off. Oh, why? You know, you're going on vacation. No, no, no. I just, I'm throwing a party, a seven day party. Okay. And then, and then God's so into it that he says, now on the eighth day, don't go back to work on the eighth day, take a big rest because I want to make sure you're rested and refreshed after partying so hard. Are you following me? This is what the Lord said. I don't think you're partying enough. We got a bunch of sinners in this room. Ooh, what'd they do? Oh, they didn't party enough. You need to go back to your family, your friends. Ooh, I know what you've been doing. You are a sinner. You're not following the Lord. You're not serious about following the Lord, are you? Well, why, why? Because why? you don't party enough. You need to turn up that partying. And then after party, you make sure you take a day off and rest. Right? Don't, don't you think that so many more people would be coming to God if they knew this? People would say, no, I don't want, I don't want God. I, he wants to control me. He's a hard God. He's a harsh God. No, he's a partying God. He said, you, I have this against my people. They don't party enough. I love it. It's so powerful. So I want to tell you, I'm trying to apply this to my life and my family's life. One of our core values for the Herber family is to be good partiers. So listen to me. How, how does this work out? Now, parents, listen, because this is, I really, I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. This is really important for your families. When I hear that a party is going on that my family is invited to, we're going to go. Okay, it's not just, oh, yeah, we'll go to that party if we have time. I mean, there's certain things we've got to be at. But parties, you know, we can take it or leave it. No, 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 no. Parties, they're essential. So whenever I get invited, I'm like, Steph, we got to make this party. And so we get all dressed up in our party clothes. And we show up. And you know what? When there's great food at a party, I'm not like, oh, you know, no, let's let let someone else have that. Uh Uh-uh, I'm the front of the line. I'm going to taste and see that his hors d'oeuvres are good. I, 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 my, my, I mean, God gave you this tongue with all these taste buds. So I'm, I'm, you know, just feasting on it. And you watch me next time you're in a line behind me, I'll get one of everything. You know, I'm just going through. Why? Because I want to savor the goodness of the Lord. And, 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 and music starts playing, right? I, I am not going to let those young college students just go out there by themselves and steal the dance floor. I, I'm the partying pastor. And so I'm going to get out there, but I don't just get out there. I take my wife and she's like, oh, Robert. Oh. And I'm like, no, no, no. We got to go, sweetheart. We got to be good role models for our kids. 
And so we get out there and we drag our little kids out there. And if you've been to a, a wedding or a party with us, the whole Herbert family is, you know, getting up. And, and that's what I love. I love our community because instead of going like, oh, they can't dance. Or, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that person. Do you believe that? No, they're like, you know, Hallie, what's up, Hallie? You know, and, and my little kids are getting out there and they're, you know, just trying to learn, right? And, but I love our community because... A a holy party, people build each other up instead of tear each other down. In a holy party, people celebrate each other instead of scamming on each other. Right? In a a holy party, you go and you get built up. And you don't have to, ooh, what do I look like? Oh my gosh, that person looked at me all weird. No, you're just, oh, I'm part of the family. Oh, you're all blessed because I showed up. Right? That's, That's how you feel. And so I think that the only responsible thing I can do as the leader of my family is to be a great role model in the area of partying. And that that is my responsibility as a dad because I want to teach my kids to party. Because I I need to teach them Jesus' party because I don't want the world teaching them. Right? So it's my responsibility to show my kids how to party. So that they're not looking at these, you know, people that are all, oh, I'm going to do this, you know, and all slimy and, oh, that looks so fun. No, my dad looks fun. He's out there in the middle of the dance floor. Oh, oh, you know, doing his little thing. Dad, I love it. Right? Are you deliberate to party? I'm saying, no, it's not my personality. No, but God told you to do it. He wants you to party. Why? So that you will revere his name. Why? So that you remember how good he has been to you. It's about enjoying the good things that the Lord has given to his people. Let me end with this story. Dr. Tony Campola, he's a a professor at Eastern Seminary. He's a Christian speaker and he uh, will travel around the world speaking. So he went to Honolulu to, to, to speak. And he said, you know, because of the time change from the East Coast to Hawaii, he'd often like get up in the middle of the night and be so hungry because his body's saying it's morning. So at 3 a.m. he wakes up and his body feels like it's 9 a.m. So he is starving. So he goes out of the streets to, uh, of Honolulu to find uh, uh, some food and, and nothing's open. So he searches and searches and searches. He finally finds this sleazy little kind of New York style diner in the middle of Honolulu. So he walks in to that and he goes up to the counter and the, the diner owners, you know, says, what do you want? You know, and, and he, uh, like a cup of coffee, a donut. The diner owner just kind of takes this greasy hand, just wipes it on his chest and goes, gets the donut, puts it down. He's like, oh, thanks. So he's sitting there all by himself in this diner. All of a sudden the doors blow open and this group, this riotous group of eight or nine prostitutes just walks in. Just loud, foul mouth. And, and the diner's so small that they just surround them. And so here's this Christian speaker surrounded by eight or nine prostitutes. Just, you know, just chatting up and saying all kinds of things. And he says there's a woman next to him. Goes, hey. Says to her friends, hey, it's my 39th birthday tomorrow. Says another one of the prostitutes looks at her and goes, so what do you want? You want me to like throw you a birthday party or something? You want a cake or something? The girl drops her head and says, why do you have to be so mean? I, I just wanted to tell someone it was my birthday. No, no, I don't expect anything. No, no one's ever thrown me a party my whole life. No, no, I, I've never had anything like that. No, why, why, do you, why do you have to be so mean? And Tony Campbell said at that minute, he said, I've got it. 
So he just stood, sat at the counter and waited for them all to leave. And at the end, he looks over at the diner owner and goes, Hey, who is that woman sitting next to me? He goes, You know what? It's Agnes. He goes, Agnes, does she come here every night? Yeah, she's here every night. You know, what, what, what do you want about it? And he goes, What do you say you and I throw Agnes her first birthday party? And he goes, Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. Hey, honey, get back here. Come over. You know, he calls his wife out of the, out of the kitchen. She comes up. He's like, this, this guy wants to throw a party for Agnes. She's like, oh, yeah, Agnes, she's so kind. And, but no one does anything for her. And, and, and so he, Tony Campola goes, you know, I, I'm going to get decorations. I'll even get a birthday cake, tons of candles on it. The, the, the diner owner goes, no, no, that, that's my job. I'm going to get the cake. You know, he's like, okay, okay, okay. So he goes, you, you just let some of her friends know. Comes back the next morning, three in the morning, Campola says they must have known every prostitute in Honolulu because the place is packed, wall-to-wall prostitutes, and him, a Christian speaker. And so there they are, 3.30, doors open up. It's Agnes and two friends. The whole place erupts. Happy birthday, Agnes! She almost faints. Her knees buckle, jaw drops. Campola says he's never seen someone so flabbergasted. There's a huge sign that says, Happy birthday, Agnes. They usher her over to one of the booths, sit her down, and then the diner owner comes out with this big cake full of candles. They're all singing happy birthday, and she just breaks down sobbing. Puts the cake down. She can't even stop crying. He's finally like, hey, Agnes, you know, blow blow out your candles, you know? And uh, she finally blows them out, and then he hands her a knife. Okay, cut your cake, cut your cake. She goes, um, Harry, Harry's the diner owner, Harry, um, could I, um, what I mean is, um, what I want to ask is, um, well, you know, I've never had a cake before and would it be okay if I just kept it for a few minutes and just looked at it? Oh, sure, Agnes, you know, whatever you want. If you want to take it home, you can. I I can take it home. She, she, she stands up and says she carries the cake like it's the Holy Grail. She's just walking out. She goes, I'll be right back. I promise. Leaves the place. Campola says there's just this awkward, hushed silence that just falls out of the room. All the prostitutes just look at him. And he goes, I didn't know what to do. I just said, why don't we just say a prayer? So all of a sudden, all these prostitutes and him are just bowing their head. And he says, I didn't know what to do. So he just starts praying for him. Just starts praying, God, come and change Agnes and help her and let her know how much you love her. And he starts going for it, praying for her salvation. And so they look up and everyone's just wide-eyed. <laughs> Harry, the diner owner, leans over the counter and goes, Hey, I didn't know you were a preacher. Hey, what, what kind of church are you a part of anyway? Campola said at that second, this, this phrase comes to him and he looks at Harry and goes, I'm a part of a church that throws parties for prostitutes at 3.30 in the morning. Harry, the diner owner, looks at him and goes, no, 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 you're not. There's no such church like that. There's not a church like that. If there was, I'd be a part of it. Isn't that a great story? All peoples, what if we became the kind of church that threw parties for the people that no one else cared about? What, what if the body of Christ became known 
as the people who loved and gave their best to ones that no one else thought deserved their time of day. I think a church like that would become irresistible. I think that people could hardly stay away from God if that happens. Why don't we take a moment to just close our eyes and pray.